0: Hi, I'm Terrell Turner. I am the host of the Law and Finance Show, and today we have another great guest on. And one of the questions that really comes up for a lot of lawyers and law firms is, you know, could your life as a lawyer be better? And so we have an amazing guest that we wanted to bring on that definitely works with a works with that question and wrestles with that question a lot because there are a lot of people who. You may love the practice of law, or you may love having a law firm, but you are kind of asking yourself that question is, can my life be better? So I want to bring on our amazing guest, Jess Birkin. Welcome to the show, Jess. How are you?
1: Hey, Terrell. I'm really good. How are you?
0: I am great. Thank you for asking. And I know as, as we were talking beforehand, I'm in North Carolina, so I'm a little bit warmer than you are oh, right yeah, now. Oh yeah, you must <laughs> What's it's cold where I'm sitting.
1: It's Arctic.
0: It's gonna be What's like the temperature minus where you guys are?
1: Oh, uh, we're like we're very unseasonably warm today. It's 26. <laughs> 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 but tomorrow is promised to be like minus 12. That's just the air temperature, not with the wind. Just minus 12. So I'm looking oh, forward wow. to that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, you know, it's one of those things where I, I was laughing because. My wife and I used to live in the Midwest. We met when we lived in the suburbs of Chicago, and like my wife is originally from Kenya, and I grew up in the Carolinas. So I was like, neither why are we still here? like neither right? one what of are us you like
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> also, awesome. Well, before we dump into like the 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 topic and that real question that a lot of lawyers are asking themselves like you know can my life be better? You know, can I still practice law and have a better life? You know, can you tell us a little bit about your background?
1: Yeah. So I, um, I'm one of those lawyers that graduated from law school right before the great recession of 2008. So I actually graduated in 2007 and being, um, child of the 80s i like watched way too much la law and law and order growing up so i just thought i'm going to be a trial lawyer and it turned out i really hated being in the courtroom and like watching the just the gore of humanity (laughs) that is trial law um so the recession happened i was six months pregnant with my second kid and i thought there's no jobs. I hate this. I'm super pregnant. Ain't nobody going to hire me right now anyway. (laughs) So I went back to school and got a master's in nonprofit management. Um, I worked in-house. Eventually, I got a job in-house at a nonprofit where I was part of like program staff and did legal stuff. And then I ended up leaving and, um, being in private practice, which you could have never convinced me that I would have done that when I graduated and and gave it all up to go back to school for my master's. I never thought I would be a practicing attorney, but here I am. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, that is quite the journey. I mean, I I I will say, you know, I, I had a couple of lawyers on the show and one of the questions I, I was curious about, like, you know, when you know, when a, a lady is pregnant and she's practicing law, like, at what point do they stop going into the courtroom? Do they, do they say, you know what? This is just too much. I'm I'm not going in. And someone said that like, they've had someone go into labor in the courtroom. And I'm just-
1: Hell yeah. like, <laughs> I'm like, what? who asks that? That's a man's question. We're going in until it's time to deliver that baby. I mean, I had both of my kids. I had my first kid in the middle of uh, second semester, of my second year of law school. And wow. then yeah, like and I missed like a day and I was back. And then, oh, <laughs> which wow. is insane. <laughs> I thought that was normal, but it turns out that's actually like that normal at all. And then I did it again with my second kid because I went back to school and got my master's in nonprofit management. And I was like, in class like i had already you know gone through labor and delivery and come home from the hospital and i'm like in class and you end up like sweating out all this water weight because you're like you're carrying all this extra water and i'm just like in class like it was like a cultural competency class and i'm just like so sweaty and disgusting <laughs> i was like leaning over to my neighbor like i'm really sorry i, I feel so pressed right now and they were like you're fine I'm, Like i'm not i really shouldn't be here so, I- i'm a little bit of an overachiever, overteacher i don't know if you might know
0: <laughs> yeah. I was. say, I mean, the fact that you had the baby in, you know, while you were in law school, I mean, from everyone that I've talked to, like my background is accounting and finance. So like, I don't know what it's like to go to law school. I mean, I, I know what it was like to go to graduate school and get a master's in accounting. And, and I can imagine that law school is probably three to five times much more Something challenging is. and stressful. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And the fact that you had a baby in the process to where I'm just like, how did you even focus?
1: I I don't know. I I found out later that like other people might take the semester off when you're going to have the baby. <laughs> like that's normal. So, yeah, I like to overdo it apparently.
0: <laughs> well, I guess that's a good thing for, you know, for all of the clients that you work with is they know that like, hey, you know, I have an overachiever on my side. Like, hey, it sucks for the other side, but on my <laughs> side, I have the overachiever.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, exactly.
0: Also, so now, one of the things I'm curious about, you know, you talked about, you know, uh, you know, you had this idea of how the law, the practicing the law experience would be, and you kind of didn't. You realized, like, you know, this isn't my my deal. I guess at that point, where you kind of questioning whether you should practice law at all or were you just like, hey, oh, yeah. maybe there's a different angle of law?
1: No, I gave up. I, I was like, <laughs> I hate this, this sucks. And there are no, I mean, there were no jobs. That was my real big thing, right? But I had always thought I was gonna be a criminal trial attorney and I just hated it. So it was like, forget it, I'm not gonna do it. I mean, I remember being in the in the courthouse and I was a judge's clerk and i would just get so um disturbed by the cases and i would say how you know to a, a lawyer that's practicing you know trial attorney I'd be like how do you deal with this and like one guy said to me well you know after a while you just don't care as much anymore and i was like
0: wow.
1: <laughs> no no wow. i do not want like that is not the life i want to live where i'm just ground down by the system like this is why 19% of attorneys have anxiety and and alcoholism and you know chemical dependency problems i was like this doesn't sound like a good life plan yeah
0: it's one of those things that i've told someone i was like you know knowing what i know now after you know doing accounting and you know cfo work with lawyers and i've worked with a lot of family law um lawyers and one of the things that I said is like you know if I were a counselor like lawyers would be like my target audience because lawyer the the amount of stuff that lawyers oh, deal with therapy. and the amount yeah. of drama
1: <laughs> the secondary trauma is real <laughs>
0: Because it's like it's one of those things I, I was uh speaking at a conference once and I was talking with some of the lawyers and one of the lawyers who's a judge now. And she said, yeah, she had to take a step back from, you know, the family law practice. Because like you know, after a while, just the weight of every case, she was like, I just couldn't get out of the habit of like, you know, carrying so much with me to where she was like, you know, I had to find a way like I still love law and the practice of law, I just couldn't do it the same way. So I'm like, I I, I completely understand that after hearing so many stories.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I don't do any litigation. I've purposely forgotten all the rules of evidence and I don't (laughs) go to court in any way anymore. And so when I work with my nonprofit clients, it's all transactional and sort of like conflict resolution before there's a lawsuit. So I'm, I'm totally happy there. Like, that's good. <laughs> that's good enough. Nobody's going to lose their life or liberty w- in my work.
0: <laughs> I mean, that is awesome to think. It's just like, hey, I know the train wreck of an experience that a trial can go through. My job is to help you before you get to that.
1: <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah.
0: Awesome. I love it. I love it. You know, you, know, you talked about, you know, like growing up seeing, the you know the the law and order and you see all these tv shows and one of the things that i I tell my you know i told my wife is like you know when you watch television now i mean there is like almost an endless number of whether it's cop shows or legal shows um judges shows do you watch any of them now that you've actually lived through the experience
1: (laughs) okay like don't you just object at the tv the entire time you're watching like law and order now i completely (laughs) just subject it so i i actually don't watch hardly any of that anymore i don't know why I'm I think I'm on to other things but like in, I distinctly remember like the years in law school I was still really heavy into like all the law and order shows and I would just like object at the TV like Sam Watterson's closing argument I'd be like objection counsel's <laughs> testifying you can't do that like I don't know how doctors watch the medical shows because I'm sure it's just like complete bogus silliness to them all the time
0: you know I, I do feel that way for myself a little bit when it comes down to um watching Shark Tank and like oh, to yeah. other people they're like oh man you must really love Shark Tank not really um because what I find myself doing is talking to to the TV when they pitch like how much money they want I'm like that's a ex- that's a valuation You're of You're revenue
1: what Don't are you do. doing yeah <laughs>
0: just like because i'm like in my you know in my day job some of the stuff that i do is working with you know entrepreneurs helping them put together their pitch deck for investors and i'm just like i would have not said it that way i wouldn't have done that (laughs) and it's just like you know what i'm getting too worked up that's not my client let me turn this off
1: the magic of editing too right (laughs) like who knows what they took out
0: yeah. absolutely absolutely and you know what's funny is i've had i've had a couple of you know people who've been on shark tank i've had them on on my one of my other podcasts that i did and and talking to them about some of the behind the scenes stuff and they told me and i will say after hearing that i was just like i'm i'm less interested in watching the show
1: <laughs> you're like now i know how the sausage gets made no thanks yeah <laughs>
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, when it came down to y- your practice, I mean, when you, you went back into private practice after, you know, I don't want to do this. It's just too much. I want to do something different. And you went and you did something different, but then like I said, you went back into practice. So what was kind of the, the, the thoughts or the, the, the decisions that kind of triggered, you know, kind of the somewhat full circle?
1: Well, I really enjoyed my in-house work, but I also was not able to influence change as much as I wanted. Um, And so, like, you know, I knew with my educational background, there was a lot more that I could do, but I couldn't do it from the desk that I was sitting at there right? And I didn't really have any upward mobility. So it was like, well, do I want to like continue in this very specific role and kind of like drill down deeper into this one thing? Or do I want to be able to like help lots of nonprofits and do lots of things and make more choices that impact the business? Um, because I'm the boss. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so for me, like, i get really irritated with like bureaucracy so i love running my own firm because i don't have to convince anybody you know i I like literally don't have any business partners right now and so i don't have to convince anybody why we should use this and not that or like should we do cloud computing or have a server in a closet like i just decide you know um and now that i have staff of course i engage them in that process to some degree, but ultimately it's my business. So like I can like pivot or change or decide what happens, which I really love.
0: Awesome. Awesome. You know, that's one of those exciting things. I think that a lot of lawyers that I've talked to have talked about when it comes down to, you know, having your own firm or I'll start with when it comes to working in someone else's firm or someone else's company, there's so much structure that you have to operate within. But then when it comes to your own firm, like I said, the flexibility that you have is a huge plus. Now, the other side of that they talk about is, you know, getting used to, hey, it I, it is my responsibility. Yeah. How is that part for you?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you definitely notice when you don't get a regular paycheck anymore. I mean, <laughs> that is definitely an adjustment for sure um if you have a healthy addiction to like fear and excitement that helps (laughs) (laughs) um you know i mean i i think i'm kidding but it's serious right i mean you do have to be like the kind of so i talk to i do teach a lot of cle about like technology and lawyering and whatever and i talk to a lot of people that are like oh i want to do this and i want to do that and i think i should start a firm that's like this and it's like well but do you actually enjoy the business side or do you just want to be a lawyer? Because if you really don't enjoy making all those business decisions and you you don't enjoy sort of like flying by the seat of your pants or feeling incompetent frequently, um, I don't recommend it. You know, it's like you might be happier being a partner and associate at a different firm. Um, for me, I I am curious and I like to learn things and I don't mind feeling sort of dumb periodically while I try something new so it's like a great fit but I think it's not for everybody you know
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no I I completely agree I mean I think one of the earlier like I left my full-time job back in like April of 2020 and one of the early interviews that I did on one of my shows where There's a guy that that was running a business. He has about 30 people on his, you know, on his team. It's a technology company. And he was, you know, I asked him, like, you know, on the show, like, what advice would you give entrepreneurs? He was like, don't do it. (laughs) And then, I mean, of course, he explained, like said, some of the things that you just said where, you know, and, and it's one of those things that I think for a lot of people that that shock factor of, wow, this is what it's like to actually be the boss. Um, I often wonder, like, do people then reflect and then kind of have a little bit more appreciation for the bosses that they had before now that they've kind of seen it? So, you know, for yourself, you mentioned about like having a team. What was that like in, like said, of getting to that decision of like, hey, I no longer can do this. I can't wrap my hands around this all myself. So now I need to bring on people. What was that process like for you?
1: Uh, extremely slow. I think, (laughs) I mean, as a solo, right? Like you're just sort of living in fear of being responsible for an employee. And as a lawyer, you know, like what the responsibility entails and you don't, there's no breaks from wage and hour law. Like you're just on the hook. So the second you have an employee, it's like, Oh, um, (laughs) so I, but also, you know, you the other side of that, too, is like lo- lawyers, like we tend to think that we're like only we can do the thing, whatever it is, or we minimize the amount of work that's actually involved. Like I talked to so many lawyers that still do their own books. And I'm like, what are you like? <laughs> literally, what are you doing? Like, unless you have an accounting degree, stop it. And if you have an accounting degree, stop it. Like you should not be doing your own books like you. you A, somebody who knows how to do that for you can do it in a 10th of the time. B, you're probably doing it wrong. (laughs) C, there's no checks and balances on you (laughs) if you're the only one touching it. So stop it. But like the hiring process for me started with an intern. And um, I just sort of was like, okay, I can do this as a, a 10 hour a week deal and i just hired somebody for 10 hours a week and then eventually it was like okay you're like you're running out of time but still have more stuff to do so let's put it up to 20 hours a week and i just got somebody straight out of college and now she's been with me for like five years or something which is insane that now that i think about it um and she's full time and she's w2 and like the whole nine yards but i started really small because it's scary and if you're, you know, you're trying to like buy your own groceries, not just pay for somebody else to live. <laughs> so, you know, there's like a balance, but I think it's kind of one of those things where you have to leap and the net will appear. And I, you know, recently added a paralegal and, you know, I, I, I'm just the kind of person that like, I'm going to try and automate as much as I can and create systems and processes and use like sort of no code solutions to avoid, um, creating work for a human so like by the time we hired our paralegals like okay we're dying like i really can't like i can't make another zap there's no zap that solves this problem like i gotta have a person to help with this um and then i just was like again okay let's let's start you at 15 hours a week with you know the understanding that this will grow and then now you know my paralegal is full-time
0: Nice. Nice. I love it. I love it. You know, there's it, it so much. There's so much in that that I think that that you e- alluded to. I mean, with just the creating the systems and just really starting small. Um, and I promise to everyone that is listening and watching, I did not pay her to mention about bookkeepers and accountants. I mean, no,
1: that's that- all me. <laughs> like, Do you harp on that all the time? That is hilarious. It's true. Now you've heard it from two places and you have to take him seriously
0: and you know and i think it is one of those things even for you know that I, I talk to a lot of lawyers and those that are trying to navigate that is something you mentioned about like the lawyers having to do it themselves and, and something to me now this is my hypothesis of what has come up is you know some lawyers that i've talked to it seems as though it's like if i system or if they systematize it they would feel like well if i systematize this and anyone in my firm can do it then is it still valuable to the client? I mean, has that been one of those questions that you've seen anybody ask or come up?
1: I think you're articulating a thing that people don't want to admit out loud that <laughs> and it's that's your ego, right? If you're having those thoughts like check yourself because that is like Oh, I would feel so unimportant if I couldn't add this person's business card information to my contacts in Outlook. Like, oh my god. Operate at the top of your license, please. Like your your time is better spent actually doing a lawyer thing that nobody but you can do and people are not paying you for the time it takes to, you know, update your calendar. They're they're paying you for your insight for treating them as their advocate, for holding their hand through a really difficult situation, bringing all of your wisdom to the table, having gone through similar situations and giving them great advice. We can never be replaced by robots because those things can't be replaced. So just go ahead and automate everything that you can and delegate everything that you can because it doesn't take away anything from what, brings value to clients and what makes your work more meaningful to you. And I I think like that's what makes your lawyer life better is when you free yourself from all of the garbage uh, that is wasting your time and not being fulfilling. Right. Like, I'm sorry, but you are not fulfilled by transcribing by hand, hard coding somebody's (laughs) contact information from a business card into your outlook. And nor are you any better off paying your legal secretary twenty five dollars an hour to do it. Like just automate that stuff. (laughs)
0: No, I I absolutely love it. I love it. And, and, you know, one of the things that, you know, I'm very curious about it also is, you know, if people are willing to, you know, they're interested in getting in touch with you. Like I said, they love a lot of the value and the great things that you've said. And also if they need, you know, services, like where can they find you online or on social media?
1: Yeah. So I'm big on tax Twitter. So if you are uh, on Twitter and you're into like legal tech or the IRS, you can find me at Jess Birkin, uh, just my name, like it says on the screen. And then um, if you're a lawyer or somebody who knows lawyers, my sort of passion project is hackyourpractice.lawyer. And I have a little pen pal list there where you can sign up And I just basically like once a month, send a very personal sort of like, this is what I'm doing, or this is what I noticed. Or like, have you seen this? Like, this is crazy. We should do this better Um, message. And uh, yeah, so like join my crew if you want to get at me. That's a great way to do it. Pen pals on hackyourpractice.lawyer. But really like, if you want to know if I'm eating chocolate chip cookies today, you should find me on Twitter.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, one final question that I love asking every guest that comes on is, you know, when you think about, you know, your journey and what that's been like so far, and you think about where you are now, you know, what's two pieces of advice that you would give to someone who is interested in running and growing their law practice? And it could be something that you've already said that you want to reiterate, or it could be two new things.
1: Oh, two pieces of advice for somebody who wants to start their own practice. Or who just is running their own practice well either way i don't think it actually changes my answer so the one is um just remember that it doesn't have to be perfect before you launch it whatever it is i think lawyers we really get stuck in the like okay i'm gonna do this thing but i have to wait until it's like totally perfect you know and i'm a big fan of like You know, get it good enough. Pretend it's due at midnight and you have to get it out the door, just like an appellate motion or whatever. Right. Sometimes you just have to ship the work and trust that in your business, you're going to have a chance to iterate and like you'll have version 2.0. You'll figure it out where it's broken. Trust me, like you make something new, you've systematized, you're going to find ways to tweak it. Don't let having it not be perfect stop you. And then I think the second thing is, Um, whenever you're doing that thing where you're like, oh, I can't because ethics or I can't because, you know, whatever, or if I do this, then like, what's the value to the client? Um, a lot of that is just a between the ears problem. And I would tell you to like, kind of dig into that feeling more and do the sort of Toyota three whys, like, well, well, why? Okay. Well, because, you know. Um, clients will think that I'm unprofessional. Well, well, why would that be? And, you know, like push yourself to really uncover what's really going on for you, because that's what holds you back as a business owner is your own limiting scripts about why you can't do something. And just sort of like pushing into that and questioning it is a thing that has helped me sort of like I'm gonna do it anyway okay (laughs) and that's where the good stuff happens right so just sort of like questioning your own interior scripts I think is a big one
0: awesome I love it I love it well Jess thank you for being an amazing guest on the show today
1: yeah thanks for having me